Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. Two playoff series in a row, the Lakers dropped game one. Uh, first series to the Portland Trailblazers, this series to the Houston Rockets. And just like they did against the Portland Trailblazers, Daniel, they came back. Game two, a great win to avoid going down 2-0 and uh, kind of falling into a bad hole and letting things snowball. Uh, so we're looking at 1-1, and if you're feeling good about the Lakers' win last night, I think you should uh, subscribe to the Lake Show Life podcast, get all your Lakers update, and uh, give us a five-star review. Um, if you listened to the last episode, you know Daniel ate 24 pizza bites? Um, 20, 20. 20 uh, pizza rolls, pizza bites, whatever they're called. Um, I don't think – did you eat any pizza bites after this this win, Daniel? I had pizza. Okay. I had pizza last Okay, night. so if the Lakers win, Daniel can have pizza. If they lose, they eat pizza bites. If you give us a five-star review, uh, that can maybe, you know, motivate him to get a gym membership so he doesn't gain 100 pounds. Um, <laughs> Damn, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, man, this was a great win. 117-109 final score. Uh, the first thing I want to touch on, I think it's the elephant in the room. It's something everyone's talking about. It is the arrival of your favorite player, Daniel. Playoff Rondo. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. I'll just preface this for the listeners. Like, we talked about this going into the podcast, like, ahead of time. I don't like Rajon Rondo. And especially, he takes minutes away from my favorite player. I understand Rajon Rondo had a decent night. He had 10 points and 9 assists last night. Like, that's that's a solid game for him. You know, he's, he's uh, really doing well with the passing. But... On the defensive end, yeah, he shows effort. It doesn't mean that he's a good defender. I think people really get that confused. He by far had the best plus minus on the team. Yeah, Daniel, I was about to say, but plus twenty eight plus minus. What are you? How are you going to discount that? Ridiculous. He five steals. Yeah, five steals. But you know what? It it's just because of where his positioning is on the floor. He's a smart player. He's going to pick up steals. That does not make him a good defender. That does, he's a horrible off on ball defender. He's an even worse off ball defender. I get the five steals. That's great. Get the plus minus. He had a solid game. Mm-hmm. His shot collection is horrible. <laughs> it doesn't belong on the court for 28 minutes per night. And I know the Lakers keep giving him this vote of confidence. I don't give it to him yet. It's one game. It's one game where we've seen Rondo actually do his thing in a way he still went four for nine from the field and one for five from three <laughs> lord tell me why he's shooting five threes you know <laughs> that tied the team lead with three other players i i i don't really get it i i just don't get it um last night wasn't that great of a game and it was probably his best performance in a laker uniform that's pretty sad to say because some... it wasn't that that exceptional of a night in he's, my opinion. He's had some good like regular season games in the past. Remember his game winner against Boston? That was pretty electric. Yeah, but he... Look, Daniel. And he's a negative. He's a pure negative. Plus 28. Plus minus, Daniel. Five right, steals. Tell me what it was in game one? Nine assists. Ten points. Playoff Rondo has arrived. Playoff Rondo is absolutely a real thing. There's articles written about it. He always shows up. He has said in the past that he finds a seventh gear to kick into. I think it's time. Rajon Rondo leads his team in minutes, starts at point guard. I want him having 35 minutes a game up there with LeBron and AD. He is our third superstar, and he should be treated like such. Excuse me. We're, so we're just going to forget Alex Caruso exists now, huh? Dude, Caruso. Tw- he, he should get like 15 minutes a game. Honestly. Rondo is twice the player Caruso is. Oh my gosh. I know what you're doing here. What? <laughs> we're we're gonna um so going back to game one, yeah, Kuzma and LeBron had like bad numbers in terms of plus minus. LeBron had a minus fifteen, Kuzma had a minus twenty one. Rondo in his twenty four minutes had the third worst at minus ten. <sighs> you're telling me that, you know, the world changes over the course of one game, look, man, I don't think so. He was he hadn't played basketball in six months. He was a little rusty. He's back. He's fully in shape, and he's ready to win Finals MVP this year. I mean, it's just a fact, man. He's got okay. outside of LeBron James, he's got the most playoff experience. How are you going to say that's not valuable? Where's Alex Caruso's playoff experience? Wow, you're really trying to push me to the edge here. <laughs> 
Oh uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I agree with you about Rajon Rondo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, he had a good night. I mean, he did play some decent, uh, like full court press stuff on James Harden, uh, which worked at times. Um, but I think what Vogel got right in this game is, uh, and granted he wasn't in foul trouble, but Crusoe actually played 26 minutes, which is what he should be playing. Uh, I still don't love Rondo at 29, but it is what it is. Um, but they he also had Crusoe and Rondo. I don't, you know, if they're both on the floor, I think that's not a bad thing. That's not a terrible outlook. I just hate when Rondo's taking minutes from Caruso. That's when it really uh, starts to grind my gears. So that didn't really happen in this game. Um, yeah, Rondo had five steals, and, you know, people are just going to look at the box score and see that and see some of the stuff he was doing to Harden, like, on the full court here and there. But um, Alex Caruso still the much better defender, the much more consistent defender. Rondo does have, you know, the playmaking and just the veteran, the IQ, which is good out of a bench piece. I don't think that should be getting him 29 minutes, um, maybe like 15. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is Danny Green and KCP both weren't fantastic. Danny Green did go three from five from deep, which is good. But neither of them really looked great in this game. And if Rondo's playing this way, I would rather have him out there, um, especially when LeBron's off the court, than having, you know, a struggling Danny Green and KCP. But as we've seen in these playoffs, you know, especially with KCP, it's either he does like amazing or he does terrible. So if KCP's got it on, um, even if Danny Green's struggling, I don't want to see Rondo playing that much. I want to see those minutes going to Caruso. So, but credit where credit's due. Yeah. He did have a fair, a good game. So, but yeah, what I noticed too about, about the rotations, I think it's really smart. I actually tweeted about this. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, here it is. Um, the fact that Vogel began to play Rondo alongside Caruso mm-hmm. to me is really smart because it kind of mitigates that weakness on defense that Rondo brings. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is what I tweeted. Playing Rondo isn't great, but playing him alongside Caruso is smart. Caruso mitigates all of Rondo's weaknesses in the backcourt, which is totally my viewpoint. Yeah. Like, if you're going to play Rondo, play him alongside a really, really good defender, and yeah. that's Alex Caruso. Play him alongside Danny Green. Play Danny Green at the two. You know, it playing Rondo is kind of rough too, considering the makeup of the Rockets. You got yeah. Harden and Westbrook. Who the hell is he gonna guard? Yeah. Like he wasn't Sorry. great. He was not great on ball. No. I agree. Um I don't know, man. I mean it's just it's one of those things, and it's unfortunate because uh I mean he had twenty what was it, twenty five, twenty six minutes in game one. Um, he obviously gets an uptick in minutes here. I think part of it was because Danny Green and KCP both weren't playing fantastic. More KCP than Danny Green. But um, look, man, I think he had this good game. Uh, that's just going to instill more confidence in the coaching staff. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot of Rondo. Now, if he can play like this every single night, like every single time he's out there, then absolutely. You know, he should be getting over 20 minutes a game. It's just this is like the absolute ceiling for Rajon Rondo on this basketball team. Yeah. And as everyone should know, any sports fan, regardless of what sport you know you follow, you're not getting the absolute ceiling every single night. Um, and I just hope that you know it's not false confidence, and they just keep throwing him out there. And I hope at some point, if he is struggling, an adjustment is made because, as the listeners know, we're both very high on Alex Caruso, and um, I think playoff Caruso is better than playoff Rondo. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree there. Would have to agree there. Even though uh, Caruso, you know, he he didn't really have the greatest night. He was continuously doing great or uh, good work on the defensive end, and then a couple times he man lobs up to LeBron. <laughs> Who needs D Wade when you got Alex Caruso? <laughs> yeah, they were. You know what? It was beautiful. He picked up four assists. I really like that he's passing the ball. Yeah, around. he's a really really gifted passer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he he kind of demonstrated that in his first season with the Lakers, fresh out the G League. Um, yeah, I, I really like what I saw, even though on the offensive end he was he was definitely a negative. Yeah. Uh, but I think he made more than made up for that with the defense. I mean, you you take a look at the nights that uh, Harden and Westbrook had. Westbrook was horrible. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. was horrible. Seven turnovers, ten points, four fifteen from the field. He started the game off one for eight. Yeah. I don't know why he was jacking up threes, one for seven. Even Harden didn't have, you know, that great of a night. Five turnovers, 27 points on six of 12. 11 of those points coming from the free throw line because, you know, that's James Harden. Yeah. But uh, that court was kind of kind of limited. And I think in part that was uh, Caruso and Danny Green just continuing to do a great job on defense. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you mentioned Caruso's facilitating. Uh, that's kind of important for the future, too. I know our focus right now is on the playoffs and winning championship number 17, but – 
win or lose, you know, the, the show goes on and the Lakers are going to – Rob Polinka is probably already preparing for the offseason with how short it's going to be if it goes as planned. Um, Crusoe, you know, him showing this facilitating, especially in the playoffs when it matters most, that kind of gives you more comfort in potentially getting rid of Rajon Rondo. Um, he does have a player option after the season, but, I mean, there will be some team that will take him, you know, if he opts in. Some team will trade a second-round pick in two years for Rajon Rondo. Like, that's a guarantee. There's some team that will need veteran guard depth that will do that. So mm-hmm. – they can easily get rid of him and seeing Crusoe facilitate because that's always been the the thing is like who's that you know second facilitator behind LeBron James when LeBron's off the court maybe that's Crusoe I know some people thought it was Dion Waiters um, I know there's some section of Laker fans who are upset that uh, Dion Waiters hasn't been playing as much as he has and J.R. Smith um, I can't disagree more I don't think <laughs> I think everyone should have known that Waiters and Smith were both just going to be depth guys like just in case um, J.R. Smith yeah. especially was going to be just like hey we need a foul here let's get J.R. in the game but <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big J.R. Smith guy. I mean, we for the same reasons why I really don't love Rajon Rondo. I understand that they're battle tested in the playoffs. Yeah, but J.R. Smith's another negative on defense for the most part. Deion Waiters is a negative also. Yeah. Uh, but I would think you know maybe the offense isn't getting going. Give Waiters a couple minutes, like just see what he can do. Yeah. Every time he steps on the court, he's done fine. Yeah. Um, he definitely holds his own. He's not a bad player. He's not a bad offensive player, especially. That's true. Um, I would think, you know, giving them 10 minutes a night might be great. Um, but it's just, it, it really depends where you're taking those minutes from. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's a tough one. Another thing I did want to bring up, just separate, um, I'm kind of tired of JaVale McGee starting. <laughs> yeah, you're not and alone. Dwight Howard not playing at all. Yeah, Dwight, I think, zero minutes. I think they need to trolls. Even if it's just for Dwight Howard playing eight minutes, to, playing four minutes to start each half. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves those eight minutes a lot more than JaVale does. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I I don't know why. JaVale has not looked good since the bubble started. you know, And he, he's been very serviceable all season in what they've asked of him. And, yes, this is kind of a tough matchup for him. Um, but since the bubble started, you know, Dwight Howard has absolutely looked like the better basketball player. And I don't know if it's just a chemistry thing. If it's one of those things like, well, LeBron likes being out there with JaVale more, so that's who we're going to you know, go with. Um, but I couldn't agree more. I think Dwight Howard, especially the way JaVale is playing, can offer more than JaVale is. And, um, yeah, one of them's got to play. I don't think both of them should get eight minutes a game, but I would also say it should be Dwight Howard. But Agreed, maybe that's the adjustment yeah. we see. I mean, JaVale, eight minutes, you know, he didn't score a basket. He took one attempt. Um, he did have two boards and a block. But, I mean, it was just such a non-factor night. You know what I mean? It's like, why even start him? <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, I think if AD was more willing to um, to play the five, I mean, he did say thing. that he was willing to play the five in the series, considering the roster that the yeah. Rockets have. Um, but I would consider starting Anthony Davis, LeBron, Danny Green, KCP, but maybe getting Caruso in the starting lineup, getting Kuzma in there. I don't know. Um, you know who I like? Starting Rondo for a couple minutes. I know that the Lakers would probably consider something like that. I wouldn't. Um, but I mean, there are options. There are definitely options who I like. Um, and, uh, I don't think they start him just cause I think he's more valuable off the bench. Markeith Morris has looked good, bro. He's looked, he's had yes. a few great games in the bubble. Um, this was another one of them. Uh, he went six from eight from the floor, four from five from three. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure Markeith has shot really well in the bubble. At least every time I'm watching, he's knocking down shots. So maybe I'm just a good luck charm. Um, but he's kind yeah. of been like the small ball kind of center. And I, uh-huh. I mean, in the future, I don't know. I don't know how he matches up against a team like the Clippers. But a team against the Rockets, I think he's perfect. He could stretch the floor. He still gives you size. It's still a size advantage over anyone on the Rockets. Um, and I, I mean, I like what he's getting playing time-wise, so I don't think they start him. But he's been huge in the series, especially this game. So I like Markeith. Yeah. He started off four for four from three. Uh, yeah. He just he looked really, really good on the night. I saw a stat from some uh, basketball statistics website that was saying that Mark Keith Morris had, it was like the 83rd percentile or 84th percentile this past season in three, like three point ability, basically just a raw grade of three point ability based on like how deep he's shooting the ball, mm. how open he is, whatever. Okay. And he's really putting on, that on display. He's getting wide open looks. Yeah. And a guy like Mark Keith Morris, especially if you're playing him alongside a LeBron or an AD, He's not really your offensive focus. Yeah. But he's the type of guy that if you have him waiting in the wing waiting on the wing, 
the Rockets will leave him open yeah. because they're not concerned about him. Yeah. If he can continuously knock down that three ball like he has been, he's a really, really good asset for the Lakers. And I think 22 minutes is a very fair assessment mm-hmm. uh, for him from Vogel. I I like that. If he were to continue getting 20 minutes a night, I think that he could play really well. He's His defense has actually been better than expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the offense isn't getting going, having Marquise Morris out there is such a big boon for the Lakers. I Yeah, I, I like it. I like it a lot. So in the bubble in the regular season, uh, he was attempting three three threes a game. He was shooting thirty eight point nine percent, and in the playoffs thus far, he is shooting wow thirty eight point nine percent. So he's a thirty eight point nine percent three point shooter since the bubble began. Um, that's a whole lot better. That's good. Uh, that's a whole lot better than some of the other players on the Lakers. So yeah, I think like I said, I don't think they start him just because I think it's, he's more valuable kind of coming off the bench in key moments. But it, it's something to consider. Um, yeah, also, they could consider one of our other gold players. So we already mentioned Alex Caruso as our gold Lakers player, role player who needs to play well. I picked Kyle Kuzma, and uh, he had a really good night, man. He was really he efficient. Great. Yeah. He was uh, made six of seven from the field, uh, six boards. I believe four of them. Yeah, four of them were offensive rebounds, had a steal, a block. Uh, he did have three fouls in 21 minutes, but that's besides the point. He just... He did what he needs to do for the Lakers, man. This is the kind of game the Lakers should get out of Kuzma. Not too much, but just, you know, a moderate amount and efficiently. Oh, my gosh, I am punching my mic. I am sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if he can contribute 10 to 15 points on the night, like, that's really solid for the Lakers and that efficient. I loved watching Kuzma last night. He was crashing the boards. He was looking great. He was putting in full effort, going after loose balls. That's not really the Kuzma I guess we've come to expect. Yeah. I mean, he, that's not the Kuzma that, like, everybody talks about, you know? Yeah. Um, but seeing him actually go balls out in the playoffs is actually really, really fun to watch. Um, he really provides another really good bench piece for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see him as a third star. I don't think he has to be that for the Lakers to win a title. Um, but, yeah, overall, great, great night. It was really, really good to see. I'm surprised he didn't get more than 20 minutes because he looked good from the get-go. Yeah. Um, I would have definitely given him the minutes that Rondo got down the stretch. I probably would have given Markeith Morris more time in the second half uh, just because of how hot they were, how great they looked genuinely. Um, but yeah, those two, I it's kind of tough having Morris and Kuzma as you know two of your guys that are your four guys off the bench in mm-hmm. your rotation because they kind of are in a way similar. They're going to clog up the same lanes. They're going to, you know, sit on the sit in the uh, in the corners, but uh, yeah, overall, I think that Kuzma should be getting more minutes. Yeah, I, I've written uh, several articles about this, uh, just kind of around the same thing. Um, I don't know what the Lakers do moving forward in the off season. Uh, if they don't win a title, I do think a Kuzma trade, like a Kuzma Danny Green trade, is absolutely possible if the right deal is on the table. But Markeith Morris, the way he's playing, if Markeith Morris plays like this and he gets the Lakers trust. He makes it a lot easier to trade Kyle Kuzma in the future because, like you said, they're kind of like the same player almost. Um, if he's a more consistent three-point shooter and a better rebounder, then, you know, he's a cheaper option than Kuzma. You can kind of flip Kuzma, whether or not the Lakers do that. You know, that's a discussion for us to have in the offseason. But, like you mentioned, they are kind of the same players. Now, your purple player on the Houston Rockets, the role player that needs to play bad, Robert Covington. What would you think of his game? He didn't look great overall. There were stretches where he was – I mean – can't say he didn't look great. He looked fine. He looked good. Yeah. 17 points from him is really solid. Uh, he shot the three ball really well, played great defense per usual. Um, didn't have as good of a defensive night at, as I think uh, we saw in game one. Mm-hmm. But it, it's hard. When your assignment is either LeBron James or Anthony Davis when you're on the floor, <laughs> That it's tough to play defense. Yeah. And if there's anybody that's capable of at least containing them, it's probably Rocco. Because he's such a he's such a good defender. He's one of the best in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and if he gives you anything on the offensive end, if you're the Rockets, you got to be happy with that because you know he's a clear positive on the other end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he he did start the game off cold, and then he went on a roll there. I think it was in the third quarter. He was a part of that 14-0 run. I think he hit three three pointers in a row. Um, so it made his night look a lot better because he got hot. Yeah. Um. But overall, yeah, it was a solid night for, for Covington. Um, I'd like to see them, you know, 
like maybe play a little bit better defense on him. But at the same time, <laughs> you've got to realize that you'd rather have the ball in Covington's hands than a Harden or a Westbrook yeah. who are capable of, you know, going off. Well, I don't know about Westbrook. Maybe it's better to have the ball in his hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're kind of right there. Um, my purple player was Jeff Green, who I think probably had the worst game for the Houston Rockets, Daniel. He was horrible. Uh, 22 yeah. minutes, zero points, zero everything. He did have three assists, four fouls. Minus 26 plus minus. Um, I was going to uh, pick PJ Tucker because he was going to be guarding Anthony Davis, which he did a, a pretty decent job in game one. Um, but I went with Jeff Green because I thought they would kind of deploy him more. Um, he was a non-factor in this game. So that's a win. Win for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. He played 21 minutes. Didn't do anything. Yeah. Anything. No points, no boards, no nothing. Yeah, three assists. Uh, that was it. Yeah. He was getting cooked on the off or on the defensive end also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because when he was on the floor, he was guarding LeBron. Mm-hmm. If you see that as Mike D'Antoni, like just from the Rockets' perspective, you cannot play Jeff Green 21 minutes if you're just pretty much putting him out there to be cooked by LeBron. Because he's not, it's not like he's the primary option or even a tertiary option on offense. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no reason that he should be playing 20 minutes for the Rockets. But at the same time, I love to see that as a Laker fan. You want Jeff Green out there. Yeah. <laughs> because what, who, who's Jeff Green going to guard outside of LeBron and AD? He's not capable of guarding anybody else. Yeah. Excuse me, on the floor. But the way they were working it, it seemed like Jeff Green, they were making an actual effort to get Jeff Green on the floor with LeBron out there, which doesn't make much sense. And obviously, <laughs> LeBron had a, a really, really solid night uh, overall offensively. So, yeah, you might see some uh, adjustments made by the Houston Rockets in uh, in Game 3. Yeah, and you mentioned LeBron's good night. Uh, just a, a great night for both stars. We kind of mentioned uh, Game 1. Uh, AD had an okay game. LeBron kind of had a you know a bad game. Not bad, bad for LeBron's standards. We kind of talked about, like, this is a Lakers team. You can't really have, like, an off night like that for one of the stars if you want to win the title. Um, they both responded. AD did what he needs to do. He was aggressive. He uh, saw a Lake Show Life writer wrote... Uh, uh, what was it? Oh, I got to look it up. Anyways, he, he took the most shot attempts. I believe it was 24 on the night. Um, 34 points, 36 points. Okay, this was his title. It was unselfish is overrated. AD needs to dominate. And it's pretty much arguing like AD needs to be selfish and just, you know, take up the most shots and just kind of take control of the game. And 15 of 24, 34 points, 10 boards. Um, he looked great, man. And then LeBron just, you know, we saw LeBron come back after a bad game and do what LeBron does. 28 points, 11 boards. Nine assists, almost a triple-double. He did have seven turnovers, but that kind of just comes with the nature of the beast. Um, he was good enough from the free-throw line, good enough from the field. I liked what we saw. This is the AD and LeBron James we love to see. And it, they could take it a whole nother level, too. That's the crazy part. Yeah, definitely. AD, I like that he was more aggressive uh, last night. Uh, we're recording this the day after the game, just so the listeners know. Uh, yeah, 34 points. And I think that comes from just... You know what? He was taking tough shots and making them. He's very mm -hmm. capable of uh, hitting those fallaway jumpers with a hand in his face. We've seen it time and time again. Mm -hmm. I like that he wasn't just sitting around and doing nothing, you know, camping behind the three-point line. Yeah. He took one three, and he made it, you know, awesome. I, I would rather him be more aggressive, like we talked about after uh, game one. And he, he really went ahead and did that. And I'd like to see him continue that because I really think that that's a key for the Lakers to win the series. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers go as AD goes, especially in this series. Um, this is the kind of game we need out of them. I think, I mean, it seems like a high like a high barometer, but I think the barometer for him in this series, whether or not the Lakers win, is probably 30 points. Granted, obviously, if LeBron goes off and has a 40-50 point night, then it's going to be easier for the Lakers to win if AD scores 26. But just based on how the team operates and kind of the game plans and everything, I think 30 points is really... You know, we talked about round one uh, with the Blazers holding uh, McCollum and Lillard to 60 combined. I think for the Lakers this year, it's getting 80 to 30. And once they get 80 to 30, that's kind of will open other things up and that'll uh, be the barometer of whether or not they lose. It'll be, it'll be interesting to track that to see what the Lakers record are in this is in the series when he scores 30. Um, yeah, definitely. It wasn't all positive, though. Uh, this was tracking to be a blowout. A blowout win for the Lakers looked a lot like the Portland series. Um, early in the first half, they took they outscored a 16, the Houston Rockets by 16 in the first quarter, and then same second quarter. And then the Rockets flipped a switch and went on a 14-0 run to start the second half, outscored the Lakers 41-23 to in the third quarter. Um, yes, the Lakers won, but does a run like that concern you about the Lakers being able to hold a lead moving forward in the series? 
No, not personally. I think that, uh, you know, I was watching the game with some friends too, and I was telling them this. They were, you know, asking me if I was afraid uh, after watching the 14-0 run to start the third quarter for the Rockets. I was just saying, you know, it a regression to the means eventually going to hit. They started that third quarter off seven for eight from three, and I believe eight for ten. Mm-hmm. That that's I mean the Rockets sure they they're very good from three, but they're not that good. Nobody's that good. Um, I really think the ball was just falling. You know they got hands in their face. It, it's going to happen. The fact that the Lakers still were able to win this game by eight, despite the Rockets having one of the best stretches I think they've had this season. You know probably as a team. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, I think it's just fine. I'm not I'm not worried about it whatsoever. I think the defense was just fine in the third quarter. Um, it's just the Rockets were hitting shots and they were hitting shots to get back in the game. And it happened to come at a time where, you know, <laughs> the Lakers had their stars out there and eventually had to rest them. Mm-hmm. And I felt like once the Rockets, you know, began to, uh, bring in some of those bench guys and take out hard and get him some rest, Lakers were able to climb back in this game very, very easily. They took, they took, Full control in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, I think I texted you though after the third quarter, and I said, "You know what? The Lakers aren't winning this game." <laughs> you did. I really, I really didn't think so. I just yeah. saw the way the game was trending, and I didn't really like what I saw. Mm-hmm. But immediately, I would say within one or two minutes of the fourth quarter starting, I knew the Lakers were going to win this. Mm-hmm. I knew it a hundred percent. They came out with the fire and energy that they needed to, and the Rockets simply didn't. Yeah. Um, it's like they exhausted all their energy in the third quarter to come back and, and look terrible in the fourth quarter. It reminded me of those uh, Golden State Warrior third quarter runs from, you know, the last half decade where they just come out of the second half and they just, you know, balls to the wall and go off. And that's where they kind of separate. Um, and the Rockets are capable of going on stretches like that. I mean, we obviously saw it last night, but I would almost argue this is a positive in a way. Um, cause like you said, this is probably one of the best runs the Rockets have all year. I'm not going to pretend like I was watching every single Rockets game. I'm sure they had runs similar in the regular season and whatnot, but this is kind of, you know, the Rockets, you know, like I said, the best run, they're not going to extend this for a full quarter. This isn't going to be, you know, they're not going to go on a 28 to zero run or whatever. So the Lakers, yeah. you know, they kind of weathered the storm. They didn't, you know, get in their own heads. They kind of rebounded and they took, they took full control of the fourth quarter. Um, and the Rockets, you know, if you're a Rockets fan, you kind of got to look at it like, we threw everything at him. We threw the kitchen sink at him in that second half, and we still didn't get the win, um, especially you know, to go up 2-0 in the series. That's huge. That's massive. Um, probably a little bit deflating. The Rockets aren't going to do this every game, and as long as the Lakers do their thing offensively, because game one was really the Lakers just not executing on the offensive side. They shot, what was it, like 21% from deep. Uh, LeBron was yeah. passive. It was just it was a bad offensive night for the Lakers. So if the Lakers have the kind of offensive night that they're capable of against this Rockets team, um, with their defense, with Caruso, not Rajon Rondo, I, I almost think this is a positive. You know what I mean? It, it's weird to say to see the Lakers blow a huge lead and almost lose the game as a positive, but it's also a huge confidence boost to be like, hey, you know, they threw us everything they got. They threw us their 104 mile an hour fastball, and we turned on it and put it down the line. Um, you know, so that's got to be a huge confidence boost, and it actually makes me feel better, ironically. Um, yeah, I, I actually agree with that sentiment. I, I think it's, I think it definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I like that the Lakers were able to come back from uh, from that run. You know, because we've seen the Lakers get deflated before. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they start the game off hot, and then teams come back, and they've been like that, like historically, even before this era of Laker basketball. Like, I remember the days where the Lakers would go up 20 and then somehow win the game by two. Yeah. And that's just, that's the Lakers. I don't know why that is, but it seems like they do that all the time. Yeah. The fourth quarter, they did not, they did not let that happen. They totally flipped the script. You know, you see the, the Clippers, or sorry, the Clippers, the Rockets were leading at the end of the third quarter by two. Yeah. So. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy stuff. I mean, <laughs> you can look at the, um, the win probabilities on NBA.com. Oh God, that must have been like a roller coaster. It's unbelievable. It's a bunch of mountains. It's crazy. <laughs> um, it, nobody expected the Rockets to come back, but uh, oh, they yeah. did, and they still didn't win. And I, yeah, definitely a confidence booster for the Lakers that they were able to to, uh, to fend off the Houston Rockets. Yeah, and this isn't just you know me trying to take a positive spin out of the game. You know, you see that a lot with just fan bias. You know, we're all subject to it. 
Um, I'm not just saying that because the Lakers won. Look, I looked back in game one when the Lakers blew out the Blazers. I, I said, like, I would almost rather prefer to see the Lakers win a close game because with blowouts, you don't really get a full picture of, like, how are the Lakers going to respond, you know, when the Blazers are at their best. Um, we saw how the Lakers are going to respond when the Rockets are at their, at their best, and they responded greatly. So as long as the Lakers do their thing, obviously that's not a guarantee. Um, I'm not worried. You know, they shot well from three tonight, or last night, I should say. They shot 44.4%, 12 to 27 I think last episode I said I'd like to see them down to like 23, 24, make 11, 12. So I think 11, 12 is kind of the number to go for in terms of makes. Uh, they were efficient from the floor. Free throws were not great, again, but that's kind of the Laker basketball at this point. Um, yeah. Yes, they blew a big lead. Yes, they made it a lot closer than it should have been, and you know it kind of made us scared at points. Uh, some people bought out completely, aka Daniel. But stop. <laughs> again, I almost <laughs> think. <laughs> I almost think this is a better result than just a blowout win, just in terms of evaluating the rest of the series. So that's kind of my take on it. Not too worried. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want to see this happen every game, but because if it's a tie game going in the second half and this happens, then you're a little, you know, screwed. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy. I'm also happy because I went two and zero in betting. Daniel, did you know that? Yeah, I did, and I went zero and two. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, we can just talk about it real quick. Um, my final score prediction was a. Uh, 118-107, which if we do some quick math real quick, I was one point off the uh, final total of uh, 117-109. So I just would like some some kudos, you know, some credit where it's due. Yep, and I also, also hit the Lakers minus five and a half. Uh, my co-host, who does not need to be named at this point because I'm a little ashamed of him, picked the Rockets plus five and a half, not just to cover, to win the basketball game. And uh, he was also 11 points off of his total prediction of 109-106. So just a really poor showing for Daniel. Really poor showing. Um, <laughs> moves him to five and nine in the playoffs. I'm eight and six. Three game lead. I can kind of just sit on it. Coast. Easy. I'm going to finish the playoffs with like a. I'm not going to lose another bet the rest of the playoffs with the Lakers. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'll tell you right now. I'm three games back right now. I'm coming back. All right. That's fine. I went first last episode. So uh, why don't you go first in your betting picks in this game? The lines right yeah, now. I- I want you to go first. You know what? Fine. Lines right now. Lakers minus five over under 225 and a half. I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets plus five. I think this is a close game. I think this is a four-point game. I think it's going to be Lakers. It's going to be close, and then Lakers are going to hit like a big three to go up six. The Rockets will bring it back to four, and that will kind of be that. And I also have the over, Daniel. I think we get this kind of offensive night from the Lakers once more. I'm guessing it's going to be a 115. Oh man, I'm I'm threading the needle again, but that's why these over unders are where they're at. 115, 111. So my over is going to hit by half a point, and my Rockets plus five is barely going to hit. But the Lakers are going to win. 115, 111, Lakers. Okay. What are you going with? All right. So I'm also going to take the Rockets plus five. Okay. I think it's going to be a close game. Also, um, see. <sighs> I'm afraid to say that I think the Rockets might take game three because I said that they might take game two. I mean, reverse um, jinx. We'll take it. I'm, you know what? I'm going to thread the needle, too, with the uh, with the spread. But I'm going to go under on this one. I'm going to go 112-107 Lakers. Okay, so that would be a, a, a push for your Rockets. Hmm. So do you want to make yeah, it? Kind of right there, isn't it? I was thinking it was five and a half. You know what? I'll go one eleven, one oh seven. I think if the under is going to hit comfortably, we'll see. I'm five and nine. Don't listen to me. All right, so I got one fifteen, one eleven Lakers. Daniel's got one eleven, one oh seven Lakers. Um, look, man, this game's important. I, I put this in the outline. You made fun of me. Put the importance of winning game three. You just kind of laughed at me, like, yeah, no duh, this game's important. Yeah, I know it's important. Every playoff game's important. But look, man, this is a game where I'm a huge believer in momentum. I know some people don't think momentum is real in sports. I think it is absolutely real. I don't know how you feel about momentum being, you know, an analytics guy. Do you believe in momentum, Daniel? I do in certain sports, and I think the NBA is 110% one of them. It, it's Considering it's a game of runs and streaks, mm-hmm. you really can't discount the fact that momentum plays a huge, huge role in the NBA. Okay, thank you for that. Um, yes. I think this is huge for the Lakers because, look, Lakers, they won this game. Rockets, like I said, threw their 104-mile-an-hour fastball, 14-0 run, still came up short. If the Lakers come out 
and it's the same kind of thing where the Rockets play. I'm going to say this was the absolute best game overall by the Rockets just because they're slow start, but that run was, you know, kind of their best, you know, their fastball. Um, if they play another great game, oh, sorry, excuse me, again, punching my mic. They play a great game and the Lakers just are better. You know, that's deflating, man. That's really deflating, especially going up 1-0 in the series and then playing two great games. Lakers are up 2-1. Rockets might start getting their head. Uh, we already see Russell Westbrook, you know, he's a, he's a dog. He's a competitor. I think he'll rebound, but he's already seeming kind of down in the dumps because he has not been good in this playoffs and was really bad in this game. Um, look, it's the kind of loss where we might see some Westbrook Harden bickering. We might see, you know, the Rockets Ooh. just kind of fall apart, and that's what I'm hoping for. So that's why I think it's important. Yeah, it's definitely important. I was I was just joking with you because, yeah, no duh, it's important. But I totally agree with you. Um, I really think that the winner of Game 3 is going to be the winner of the series, personally. Okay. Oh, that's bold. Oh, that's bold. So whoever wins Game 3, you're going to bet on their series price, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I really think Game 3 is like the battleground here. You know, they're on – they're even right now, one and one Mm-hmm. It's a five-game series from here on out, and it's really going to be a dogfight. But, man, game three is going to be so – it really is important. When you even up a series, you pretty much have to continue to step on the opponent's throats in the Lakers' position like they did with the Blazers. You can't let them crawl back in. If you yeah. go up 2-1, that's a lot different than 1-0. There's a lot of basketball to be played. Mm-hmm. The Lakers go up 2-1 in a series, I think they win it very, very easily, very, very comfortably. I think they win it in six if uh, if they take game three personally. I think the Rockets are good enough to steal another game. They've looked oh, fine. Yeah. You know, they, they've definitely hung tough uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers. But, yeah, I would say that the winner of this series is the winner of game three. Yeah, that's fair, man. Um, to kind of look at the rest of the playoffs going on right now, something we do at the end of every show, just because we're basketball fans too. Laker fans first, but uh, basketball fans second. Um, got another game three tonight. The day of recording this, we got the Los Angeles Clippers and Denver Nuggets. Uh, we were talking separately, just not connected to the podcast uh, yesterday, and you told me to bet a teaser with uh, the Bucks. I think it would have been plus six, and then the Nuggets like plus thirteen, and I didn't because mm-hmm. I did. I was like the Nug- I, the, I was worried about the Nuggets not being able to do uh, plus thirteen, and they won by nine. Um, so that series is one one. I still think that's the Clippers. You said a Clippers sweep, so uh, I just want to say you're wrong yeah. about that. <laughs> I'm wrong about a lot. Thank you. I was wrong about the Lakers sweeping. I think I might have said Clippers in five. I might have said sweep too. I definitely don't think the Nuggets stand that much of a chance. Um, Nuggets played a good game. Jamal Murray, 27. Uh, Nikola Jokic, 26. 18 boards, which is kind of what you want to see for that series if you're a Nuggets fan. Because the Clippers, yeah, I know the Clipper fans don't like saying this, but they are kind of undersized. I mean, they they push Vika Zubak like he's some world killer, which he's good. He's solid. We got We got to see him in the Laker uniform, but he's not this insane i see like why isn't zubak playing 35 minutes it's like dude he's not that good like but whatever i digress we could talk about that if we play the clippers next round um yep <laughs> but it was one of those nights where Kawhi just had an off night 13 points and like we said in round one with the maverick series it was kind of like Kawhi and Kawhi's friends that's how the clippers kind of felt like um because paul george yeah. wasn't really stepping up he did in one of the games um so when you get that kind of night from Kawhi, they're gonna lose i don't think that's sustainable for the nuggets i don't think if I'm a Nuggets fan, you know, I'm not looking at that game like, oh, we have a chance to win this series, you know, so. Yeah, it's definitely a different dynamic of a 1-1 series than the Lakers series for sure. Yeah. I think the Clippers just really have the Nuggets dominated in this series. Um, yeah, I really don't see it getting extended too far. The fact that the Nuggets actually took a game somewhat surprises me. They took it in somewhat convincing fashion, too. Uh, they played pretty well. They yeah. overall they played really well in that first quarter. They outscored them forty-four to twenty-five. Uh, the Clippers won the final three quarters outright, but not nearly enough points to make up for that uh, first inning or first inning. <laughs> Still thinking baseball. First quarter laps. Um, yeah, but I, I would think the series goes five or six. I think the Clippers can just, you know, pull off the gentleman sweep. They're more than capable of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's my take on it. I mean, with the Raptors and Celtics too, that that's a great series. You see the Raptors cr- climbing right back in it. Yeah. Uh, that series can go either way. I know I picked the Raptors ahead of time. You picked the Celtics. It's a two-two series. We knew it was going to be close when we saw the Celtics go up two. I was a le- I was pretty surprised, mm-hmm. and I'm think I'm even more surprised to see the fact that the Raptors were able to tie it up. And tonight's going to be a good game, six thirty Eastern. 
Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good game. Yeah. And it's... I'm pretty sure the Bucks Heat series is over. That's just my opinion. I think the Bucks won it, sure, but with a hobble Giannis, there's no way they can come back from a three-zero deficit, in my opinion. If they do, wow, that that'll be <laughs> very impressive. But no, I I don't see that happening. Um, to touch on the Celtics Raptors series, it's just crazy. You know, it might get lost. I don't think it's getting lost right now, but it might get lost in the future. Just when we look back on it, especially if, you know, the Celtics or the Raptors aren't the team representing the East in the, in the NBA finals, but it's crazy to see how much, or if the Raptors lose this series, I should say how like one shot can literally swing an entire series, you know, that OG and, and I can't say his last name. OG Ananobi. Ananobi. I mess it up every time. Uh, <laughs> Look, man, I mean, if that shot doesn't go in, uh, if the Celtics win that game, they're up 3-0 in the series. Um, even if you assume the Raptors win game four, you know, like they did, it'd be 3-1. We'd be talking about it right now. Like, Celtics got this in the bag. There's no way the Raptors can beat them four times in a row. Mm-hmm. Now it's a lot different, you know. He hits that shot, and the Raptors come out win game four. 2-2, it's a completely different series. You know, you figure they're now in a, what would it be? It's a best of three now, right? Yeah, best of three, best two out of three. Mm-hmm. The Raptors can absolutely win that. And if I'm a Celtics fan, I'm worried because that shot is the kind of shot you see on a championship DVD. Not saying the Raptors are going to win the championship, but I mean, I'd be worried. Raptors have the momentum. Momentum's real. And then we might get a Raptors heat Eastern Conference Finals, which a lot of people thought the Raptors, you know, were going to make it that far. So I don't want to say that they're a surprise, but that is kind of like not the Eastern Conference Finals I envisioned, at least. I thought it was going to be Celtics Bucks. Um mm-hmm. And that'll be interesting. And that I feel like whoever comes out of that, whether it's the Raptors or the Heat, if the Lakers get past the West and make it to the finals, I still think the Bucks and the Celtics, you know, assuming Giannis would be completely healthy by the finals, I still think those are the two worst matchups from the East for the Lakers. I think the Heat and the Raptors are both, you know, frisky teams who play really good defense and kind of have a chip on their shoulder. But um, look, man, I like that. I like if it's a Heat Raptors Eastern Conference Finals, I feel a lot better about the Lakers' chances if they get through the West of winning the finals. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I have a question for you, though. Yo, hit me. You know, you can put bias aside. Okay. I'm Looking never at biased. It right now, mm-hmm. what do you think the finals matchup is going to be? Why are you going to put me on the spot? Uh, I'll tell you my. I'll tell you my opinion. Looking at it right now, I still like the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Just because. I like him. <laughs> and I mean, it depends. It depends what Clippers we get in the Western Conference Finals if the Lakers make it that far. Um, I think – and it depends what Lakers we get as well. Um, I think that series is, you know, in all honesty, that series is really close. And going into the series, I might be, you know, full disclosure – I might be a little pessimistic just because it's easier to be pessimistic and get happy than be optimistic and get sad. Um, I still like the Lakers' chances of beating the Clippers just because Paul George. (laughs) And like I said, it's been Kawhi and everyone else. I think we've seen better team play from the Lakers. The role players have been better. It's been hit or miss on who shows up on what night. So I'll I'll say Lakers-Celtics right now. But, um, I mean, they got to get through the Rockets first. So, Yep. What do you think? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Lakers oh, okay. Celtics. I mentioned that a, uh, a couple episodes ago, I believe that, you know, we could get a classic battle uh, between the Lakers and the Celtics. You know, if you would have told me that the Lakers and the Celtics could be playing in the NBA finals once again, wouldn't have really, you know, believed it. Uh, I thought the Celtics were a very good basketball team heading into the season. I thought the Lakers were fantastic. Mm-hmm. I didn't think the Celtics were good enough to make it this far. Personally, I think, I thought heading into the season that they were overrated and they kind of proved the opposite to me. I think everybody's kind of discounting them and, you know, saying, Oh, the team out of the Western conference is, is going to be the NBA finals winner. Yeah. I think the Celtics are a very, very yeah. formidable opponent for whoever they end up playing. If they do win this series, um, because I think that they really have a number on the heat. I think they got it. If they, if they can beat the Raptors in the series, I really strongly believe that they will be making the NBA finals this year. I agree. Yeah. I think, I honestly think the winner of this series might be representing the East in the Eastern Conference fi- in the NBA Finals. Um, yeah. I like the Heat, and I, I did say that they're getting kind of like the Dallas Mavericks 2011 vibes. 
just in terms of being, you know, a four or five seed, whatever. I think they're the fourth seed. Um, kind of surprising the best team and then making a, a run for the finals. But they also kind of strike me as that team who, like, upsets the Bucks, but then falls short. Um, I just – watching how they've played the Bucks. I mean, yeah, they're up 3-1, and they've played them really tough, but it's almost like – the Bucks have beaten themselves. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, they had that terrible fourth quarter. And the Heat get credit for that, obviously. The Heat have to, you know, put pressure on to make the Bucks beat themselves. But Giannis hasn't been full Giannis. They've really just lacked energy and not played well in the second half. I think we got a, a peek into what the Bucks should have been doing this entire series early in game four, which is just like give Giannis the basketball and get out of the way. He was absolutely dominant in his 11 minutes. He was on his way for a 50-point game, without a doubt. Yep. Um, oh, very easily. 19 points in 11 minutes. I very, think, very impressive. I think, honestly, I think the Bucks overlooked the Heat. I think that, you know, and I, I I think, you know, Mike Budenholzer has kind of his minutes restriction, which was kind of taken off completely in this game. Granted, it went to overtime, but Chris Middleton played 48 points. Um, that just hasn't happened all year. Um, I think they overlooked him. And I think if they went into this series, you know, treating it like an NBA Finals or treating it like an Easter Conference Finals and just giving Giannis the ball and feeding him, uh, it would have been completely different. But they should have won game two. They should have won game three. They won game four without Giannis. I, I just think it's one of those things where the Heat are kind of, yes, they deserve credit, but they're kind of the right team at the right time. And I don't see them getting to the finals. So yeah, I think I it's don't. the winner of the Raptors and Celtics. They're, great. they're good, I but they're great. I've been but saying the whole time, I think they're a year away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that that's very fair. I think they're a year away from being just true, true contenders. Yes. Like being able to win an Eastern Conference finals, being able to get to the uh, NBA finals. And, but yeah, I, I agree with the assessment that the Raptors-Celtics series winner moves on to the NBA Finals. I really do. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, the Heat could make the NBA Finals, and if they win it all, then I obviously have to stop saying, you know, they're not true contenders. <laughs> like, that would just sound silly. But, like, when I when I consider a true contender, like the Milwaukee Bucks, even though they're not in it anymore, um, or the Boston Celtics, or the Lakers, or the Clippers— they go into the NBA Finals, and if the Lakers were to match up with the Celtics, you could make a case, an easy case for the Celtics winning that. You know, not nothing against the Lakers, but it's almost like this series could go either way. You look at, you know, the Clippers or the Celtics or the Lakers and the Bucks. It's like this series could go either way. These are both two really, really good basketball teams. Um, no matter who represents the West, it's almost like the Rockets. The Rockets are, you know, frisky, but if they made it to the NBA Finals, it's like if they were facing the Bucks or the Celtics, it'd be like, okay, this is going to be, you know, a cakewalk for the Bucks or Celtics. That's almost how I feel about the Heat. Um, if they played the Lakers or the Clippers, it would just be, you know, I, I, I don't think it'd be close, honestly. But, hey. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, maybe we'll get Rockets heat. <laughs> Wouldn't that be uh, something? Oh, my gosh, yeah. What were the <laughs> odds on that finals anything. matchup? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting for sure. Um, thing that I don't like, just projecting for the future. If the, Say the Lakers do beat the Rockets in the series and say the Lakers do beat the Clippers. I really don't see the Lakers winning the Western conference finals in convincing fashion. And I, I don't see think the so either. Or Celtics doing that. That's going to be something to monitor down the road. If the Lakers do make it that far, that they're not going to be as well rested probably as, as a rock uh, Raptors or a Celtics team. I almost feel that like that will probably take care of the heat. I almost feel like the rest is hurting them though. seems like every time they get days off, they look sluggish when they come back. Yeah, I don't know if it's an age thing. So, it's the it's the classic rest versus rust or whatever. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Rest versus rust. Um, I did write an article a few months ago about how I thought the Boston Celtics were a tougher finals matchup for the Lakers than the um, Milwaukee Bucks. Daniel, I don't know if you ever read that. Um, Probably not. Messing with you, messing. Okay, even though I did make the case uh, previous episodes, you know the Celtics are almost kind of like Clippers light just in terms of, like, their wings and whatnot. Um, yeah. But I think they're still a tougher matchup than the Milwaukee Bucks. Or, well, they're kind of out of it now. Just because, you know, the the Celtics are deep. I think people don't talk about how deep they are enough. Maybe they do. I just – I'm not on Celtics Twitter. But they're deep. Um, Jason Tatum's a guy who could take over a series, but they still have their complementary stars. Kemba Walker, I feel like, is extremely underrated. I feel like he's finally getting his, you know, due credit. But I've, for most of his career, he's been extremely underrated. Um 
they got solid defensive pieces. They also kind of lack size, though, like really talented size. So that'll be interesting to monitor. Um, yeah. It's an interesting situation. Look, I'm not going to look past the Rockets. I'm not going to look past the Clippers. But I almost, especially seeing how the Bucks would play now, and I think that was like kind of my argument back then, too, was the Bucks, the, you know, you can kind of see how to beat them. And the Heat have kind of employed that and gotten some help from the Bucks beating themselves. So I feel like the Lakers could have done that as well. But I don't know. We'll see. We got to worry about the Rockets game three before we worry about anything else. Yes, we do. So we'll see what happens, man. It's interesting. NBA playoffs, there's nothing like them. Yep, absolutely. They've been great to this point. Now, I just want to ask you one more thing to uh, wrap up the show. I asked you where the panic button was after they lost game one. I don't think it's fair to ask where the panic button is after they won you know, it might still be in the same location for you personally, but I don't want to look at it that way. I want to look at it more of a positive. How comfortable are you moving forward with this series? I'm very comfortable uh, at this point. Really? Obviously, if they go 2-0, you're not comfortable. But I'm comfortable with them. I They showed me everything that I wanted to see in game two. Yeah, um, fair. You know, there was, there was that dog mentality. There was that, you know what, let's get after him in the first quarter mentality. You know what, they, they played their best quarters from the jump. And and at the end, yeah. I think that 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 really is fantastic. I'd rather them see, I'd rather see them blow out the Rockets in the first and fourth, and coast through the second and third, than them trying to come from behind. Mm-hmm. You know the entire game because the Lakers they're really not that great of a comeback team. Yeah. They're usually used to stepping in the building and pouncing on uh, the opponent's throats. That's what they do. Yeah, and uh, not really letting up. Uh, obviously, you'd like to see them play a fluid game throughout the uh, throughout the entirety of the game, but yeah, uh, but yeah, if they're if they're killing it in the first and fourth, I think you know, very good situation. Uh, but yeah, overall, very comfortable. Now, this is a cheater answer for me. Um, I will not comment on whether I am panicked or comfort comfortable at this point, <laughs> uh, just because I think it really does come down to game three. Um, you know, who wins that game? That'll kind of swing who it is. Because uh, right now, if we're looking at it, it's a five-game series. So we're 0-0 zero, zero in a five-game series. I like, like I said earlier, I like what I saw out of the Lakers. Just, you know, kind of taking the Rockets' best punch and continuing to fight and then eventually win the game. That makes me comfortable, but I want to see how that translates into game three. I think it does translate. I picked a Lakers win. But until that win is official, I will uh, refuse to comment about being comfortable at this point in time. Um, oh, you're taking You're taking the free pass. <laughs> Look, game three, uh, it's going to be Tuesday night, right? Tuesday night? Yeah, Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, if you're on the Eastern Coast, Eastern Coast, like East Coast, it. like Daniel, uh, Syracuse University, what's up? Um, we'll be back at you either, probably that night, honestly, we'll probably have a late night post. Um, be ready to listen to Wednesday morning. It'll be attached to all of our articles at Lake Show Life. In the meantime, go Lakers. I'll, I'll be balling every day.